From Philadelphia Young Playwrights, this is Mouthful. I'm Trine Nuri. Every week, we'll be having a complicated conversation with a young person about the things that matter to them, things that they have written about and shared on stages across the city. And then we'll go out into the community and talk to teens, adults, experts, anyone who can broaden the conversation. There's a surprise in this week's monologue, so we'll cut right to the chase. Here's Breaking Barriers, performed by Jarek Madrano, live at the 2018 Mouthful Monologue Festival. Hey, Mom. I just wanted to let you know that I thought about doing something. I have a feeling that what I'm going to tell you is something that you aren't going to like. Although, I've really been thinking, and now that I'm 16 years old, I can start doing the things that I would like to do. No, 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 don't worry. I'm not going to be in the streets. I'm not going to do anything that will hurt me, or especially anything that will hurt you. I just feel as though I should start exploring the world. Before you go and talk to Dad about it, just know I already did. I saw in his eyes at first that he was scared for me, but I think now he's okay with it. For as long as I can remember, you've always taught me to carry myself well, how to be respectful, and to make good decisions. Despite that, I sometimes make mistakes. Yo tengo la cabeza dura, like how you say. You know, at times, I am disrespectful. I talk back and often say things I don't need to say. I don't know if you realize this, but for me to be right here in front of you saying this is hard. It's hard because I feel like I'm letting you down. Again. And believe me, I've learned a lot from you. I mean, I am your oldest boy. And being the oldest, I've had to deal with the responsibility of my younger brother and sister. You know, there were times where I had to make sure they did their homework, make sure they took a shower, made dinner, all while still having my things to do. Yo, they're the most annoying pair of siblings on earth. They think everything is all fun and games, but they're young, and I just want them to have a good childhood. You know, something different from what I had. Remember that one time... You were gonna go on a date with some guy and I was so upset and jealous that I hid your keys so you couldn't go pick him up. Yeah, I was like eight or something at that time. Had a bad feeling about this guy. He used to always come home, eat our food, sleep on the couch and then leave. But after you met my stepdad, I saw how happy he made you. I didn't want to take that away from you. You know, I was upset at first. I remember my cousins asking me, how do you like your new stepdad? And I couldn't stand when they asked me that question. As the years went by, I started to accept the fact that he was my stepdad. And that if he made you happy, then that's all that mattered. The same kind of happiness you get from him, I felt that before. When someone showed me that they really cared about me, they showed me that they truly liked me for who I am, that's what I knew. I guess what I'm trying to tell you is that there's someone in my life that makes me happy. I would like you to meet him this weekend. For LGBTQ people, coming out to family and friends can be an emotional experience. Everyone's story is different. Mitchell, talk to me. I know you love this monologue. Tell me, who's the writer? 
I do. I, I love this monologue. It was written by Lisbeth Espinal. She's a 10th grader at Philadelphia Military Academy. What were those audience reactions we heard? So the students at the performance had a huge reaction to the surprise ending. There were awes, gasps. Um, the energy shift was palpable, and it was really cool. Yeah, and you got a chance to talk to Lisbeth about why she actually wrote the monologue. That's right.
it's a hard thing to do because you know how they are and you know how they grew up is differently from how we grew up. Right. And you said you did get to see the performance? Yeah, I did. You went with your classmates? Mm-hmm. What was that like? <laughs> Before winter break, we had like this little thing in the auditorium and my classmates read it. So like everybody was like, like shut. They were surprised. They were like, like you could literally hear the <gasps> in the auditorium. And I was like so happy. Like I didn't really, I really didn't expect that. And so when we went to see the monologue, like, being performed by somebody else, like, that was fun for them since they haven't heard it in a long time and they, like, you know, refreshed their memory up a little bit. But they, they loved it. I loved it. So I was so happy. I was about to cry. What do you hope audiences take away from it who hear it? I want the audience to take away that there should be more accepting in our families in our communities there should be more realizing that people are different and that doesn't matter because in the end we're all people who care about each other and want the best for each other cool anything else you want to say about it i want to say that i don't know because i feel like a lot of people will i don't be confused at the fact that Oh, because I'm not, because I'm not gay or homosexual or whatever. Like that, that like that means that I can't write something about that. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how can you write about something and be in that in that situation when you're not you're in that situation yourself? Right. So it's like, I want them to know that I don't know what they're going through. If someone is going through this, you know, like I want them to build up the courage to actually. You know, talk about it with whoever, whoever it may be. But just because I'm not in the situation doesn't mean I can't give advice to that person and like tell them that everything's gonna be fine and that you do what makes you happy. We wanted to talk to someone else in the Latinx community, so we went to Galay. So Francisco, can you tell us who you are mm-hmm. and what you do here? Yeah, so my name is Francisco Cortez. I'm the interim executive director here at Galay. Galay is a queer Latinx social justice organization here in West Kensington in North Philadelphia. Francisco spoke with us in a beautiful green room named after the late Gloria Casares. She was a civil rights leader and LGBTQ activist who left an indelible mark on both Galay and the city of Philadelphia. Her portrait hangs on the wall. We've been around for about 30 years. Originally started from a group of activists, queer Latino men, who at the time felt like there were no resources for queer Latinx folks around the HIV epidemic. 30 years later, we now continue that form of activism and organizing, but expanded an array of issues. So we still offer testing and HIV prevention services, but we also have a thriving youth program that does leadership development, um, direct services like coaching and mentorship, We also have the Trans Equity Project, which is a trans-led program of the organization that offers direct services to trans and gender non-conforming individuals, as well as organize different community events, including the Philadelphia Trans March. So let's get into the monologue. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are some of your reactions when you're rereading this monologue? A lot of stuff was going through my head. One is definitely like the relevance. I feel like there's just, there's so many 
young people, especially that come through our doors that have similar situations like this of, of coming out, um, to their parents. And some of the things that really stuck out to me was just the, the undertone of the importance of family. And I think this is a trend we see, especially in, in the Latinx, Latino, Latina community is the importance of family and family acceptance. And so that sometimes can be, um, tricky for the young person to navigate and to have that conversation with their family because it's so important and it's so meaningful to have love and acceptance from their family. So it just puts that much more pressure to them. But I think that a lot of times we do also see it, um, that being the, the, the outcome is that the love of the family will always be there. You mentioned that the youth that you work with, they mm-hmm. have these questions or issues around family and Mm-hmm. telling their family so how do you help them or give them the right words mm-hmm. to sit down with their family members and have mm-hmm. the conversation yeah you know I wish and if anybody ever writes it like the book on like the one way or the right way to come out it would be like a bestseller but there really isn't and so we one of the our strong programs we had here too in the youth department is the soy project which stands for supporting our youth But the Soy Project essentially is a coaching and mentorship program where young people are linked up with a coach and they're able to come with whatever issues they have and then they're able to create a plan with the coach and create goals so that they can overcome whatever issue or area of support they need. And we do have cases of young people that are like, hey, like, I'm ready to come out. Like, I want to tell my mom, like, I'm seeing someone, like, I just don't know how to do it. And so a lot of what the coach does is just help them think through the scenario and help them think through the possible outcomes, too, because um, that's a reality that we need to face, right? A 16-year-old coming, or 14, 15, 16-year-old coming out to their parents, there might be that possibility of them getting kicked out. We know that homelessness within the LGBTQ community is really prevalent. In Philadelphia alone, 40% of homeless youth identifies LGBTQ, which is significantly higher than the general population. And so for us as coaches, we're also really responsible um, in the information we provide for them so that they are aware of the potential outcomes. So a couple things. I'm sure this is a very emotional time mm-hmm. for a youth to go through. Can you talk to me about that? Yeah, I mean, it's there. <laughs> it's it is a very emotional like potentially traumatic experience as well. I mean, one of the really big things that we do and it's in our in our core here at Galay is doing intersectional work and a lot of the young people that we work with don't just come with issues or areas of support around their queer and trans identity but around other things we most of the youth that we serve live in the poverty line you know go to public schools that um don't provide the the ideal education for them and a lot of them you know there's housing issues already there's there's food shortages as well so like there's so many different layers to them and so when we you throw the like now let's talk about you being queer or being trans um, aspect of it. It's a lot for them to handle. And so we've made it an effort and a priority to make sure that we have connections with like various homeless shelters that are affirming to queer and trans youth, housing um, programs, as well as like food banks as well, because we know that these are other issues that the young people are dealing with, but may deal with even more if there's a negative outcome of them coming out. So for the parent or for the mom mm-hmm. that um, this character is talking to, what would you say to the mom? Mm-hmm. 
I'm not going to say a lot of things. Um, I would say to be open-minded and to listen, to listen to what the young person has to say, to listen to what the young person needs from them, um, and to be open-minded to that. Um, because a lot of times when we are hit with information that's like shocking or opposite of what we thought or perceived, you know, we kind of close out and we don't want to accept it. We don't want to work through it. And that, that takes a toll on the young person. So, you know, if you need to have your moment where you need to like sit in a room and like scream or like be like, okay, like say the word, like gay, say the, whatever it is that you need to do, like do that, but just work towards um, listening to what the young person needs from you because outside of this home, it's still a very difficult place and there's still a lot of challenges for this young person if they're queer or trans and they don't need to be having that in the home too. The home should be somewhere where it's, it's safe and affirming for them. And so, yeah, I would say that. Is there anything else you want to add? Mm -hmm. um, any other advice you would give to these characters in the monologue? Mm -hmm. Anything like that? I would just say for the young people, for them to decide when is the right time, if there's a right time for them to come out. Um, I feel like a lot of times now, because we are so, and there's been so much progression in the LGBT movement that there is almost this pressure to young people to be coming out like sooner too, because it's like, you know, now the visibility is there's more accepting. And maybe you could argue that. I don't know how you would measure it, but that, yes, as a society, we've definitely become more accepting as of 30 years ago, right? But I do still feel like their specific stories are unique and that they should also view it like that and to come out when they're ready and to um, also have support systems. You know, we'd love for the family to be a support system. There's places like LA, Philadelphia is so lucky to have so many different LGBT, specifically youth organizations that offer an array of supports from either direct counseling to like groups like Project Yeah to like GSAs in schools. So um, yeah, tell the young person to um, reach out and get support, uh, whether it is before the process, during the process, or after the process of coming out, because it can be a lonely time too, and we want to make sure that they utilize all the resources, because that's what places like LA are here for. We're here to, to support the young people. So before we started our conversation, you were telling mm -hmm. us, you were walking us up the steps, and you were telling yes. us about this prom that you all host. Can you tell us about that? We host the longest consecutively running LGBTQ prom in the country. And this started 23 years ago. At the time, it was a small youth program, and the coordinator went up to the executive director, who was also the founder, David Acosta, which is, he's right there, <laughs> um, and said, hey, I have a bunch of young people that are coming to me. They want to go to prom, but it's either not accessible, it's too expensive, it's just not safe for them as queer, as, as trans, as gender non-conforming youth. Um, what can we do? And so the alternative prom started from the, from the request of young Philadelphian queer and trans youth, and it's continued since then. And I say every year when people ask me, like, what's the goal of, prom, of the alternative prom? My goal is to one day not need to have the alternative prom anymore. Because no matter how far we've come in the general LGBTQ movement, they are still queer and trans youth that can't go to the prom um, because of that that lack of affirmation and safety, but also accessibility. Yeah, we like to create that space, and it's one of the most, if not the most, um, successful and one of the most important events that happen in the year, because as soon as that prom ends, the first thing kids are doing is asking, when's the next prom? 
Be sure to connect with Galay to learn about the Alternative Prom and their programs. Get more information at galay.org. That's G-A-L-A-E-I dot O-R-G. Thanks, Lisbeth and Francisco, for the conversations. What'd you think of this episode? Send us a tweet at MouthfulPhilly. I'm Trinae Nuri. Thanks for listening. Mouthful is produced by Lisa Nelson-Haynes, Trinae Nuri, and Mitchell Bloom, that's me, for Philadelphia Young Playwrights. PYP is an arts education nonprofit that taps the potential of youth and inspires learning through playwriting. Original music for Mouthful was created by Ill Dutes. To join the Ill movement, head on over to illdutes.com. That's I-L-L-D-O-O-T-S dot com. For episode extras and more information, visit mouthfulpodcastphilly.com. That's mouthfulpodcastphilly.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Mouthful is edited by yours truly.